This episode of Super Pulp Science is brought to you by paperbeatsrock.bigcartel.com for all your fan art needs, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Attention, citizens, it's time for Super Pulp Science. This is Super Pulp Science, where we talk about how genre is made. Um, I'm here with Justin Curry and... Edrin Shellos. Who is going to uh, share his secrets about how to <laughs> quit everything and become an artist. Oh, God. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. That's not what you said before. You said we we're just going to talk a little bit. Now now it's all my secrets? It's yeah. your no. secrets, yeah. Well, oh, great. yeah. We still don't know what we're doing, so we're hoping you have the answers. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Trick it, the, trick for us, yeah. okay, cool. the trick for us is to get you to agree off the record to be on the podcast, right. and when we're recording, that's, steal your secrets. That's exactly what happened, to yeah. be honest. So anyone going to be on the podcast in the future, uh, yeah, that's what's happening. So yeah, We're going to edit Watch that out. part out. Oh, so cool. Oh, no right. know. Dan, can I see that file later, by the way? <laughs> um, so uh, this is an interesting uh, guest get for us because Justin uh, asked you to be here. He did. And uh, he was mostly because he's been looking over his shoulder at you uh, on the last Whoa. few years at the, at the <laughs> shows and wondering like, uh-oh, um, as this guy's coming up, we better figure out what he's doing. Oh, no. Well, it's, it's been super interesting to watch because um, like how, what, a year or two ago? When was your first convention? Like, uh, Very first one was going to be three years. Three years March? ago? Okay. In, in March, yeah. Okay. So yeah, almost three years ago. Um, I just, I remember like talking to you and seeing your setup and then the mm -hmm. last like year or two watching it like explode like up <laughs> and out and up and out. And every yeah. time I see you, like, it keeps getting, like, bigger, and there's more stuff, and now there's, like, t-shirts and hats. There is. And I'm wearing stuff. one of them sponsored. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, it's been, like, super cool to just see, like, the, the quick evolution of a booth. Okay, so then let's pause yeah. and rewind. So you've been doing this for how many years? Um, Full-time going on two years. Okay, so let's rewind back three years. Where were you? What were you doing? <laughs> what was happening in your head? Um, I was supposed to be a nurse, is so that's the main thing. And I was on the wait list for Red River, actually. And um, yeah, so I had a year off before I was getting in because they changed some requirements. So I was supposed to get in that year, but instead I got on the wait list. So um, I, I didn't want to waste my time. So I found this program that would kind of fill the void, which, and I was starting to draw again. I used to draw a lot as a kid, but I stopped. And I went to MITT, which now known as MITT, uh, previously known as uh, Winnipeg Technical College for production art program. And you learn, like I thought it was going to be more drawing and design, but really we learned more about printing and the whole printing process and all how to use the machinery, which was really interesting. But I did learn a little bit of graphic design. So there, um, there was the the assignment that kind of led me to do conventions in a sense was we were just asked we were going to make um, notepads. Um, and just it, we could design or draw whatever we wanted. So I did fan art, fun stuff that I enjoyed, obviously. And um, I used Adobe Illustrator. That was like one of the first times I ever illustrated in it or really did anything in it. And uh, a friend of Justin's, as I found out later on, he kind of showed off Justin's work and you, your guys' first book, Cassie and Tonk. And I thought it was like, it, like my mind was blown from like the work in it. And I was like, you, this is you can you can do this in Illustrator. This is amazing. <laughs> um, well, I, and I was just like, this is so different, so different from like the Photoshop work, and you see it all the time. So it really inspired me. And uh, so when I made the notepads, I was like, man, I could sell these, you know, kind of thing. Uh, this is a thing that I think people would buy, and why not? So I kind of just scoured the internet to see if there's any like cons within Winnipeg. I've never been to a con. But I've always been like a nerd and I've always known about the culture to a certain degree, but I've never been to a convention. I didn't even know if Winnipeg had any of the conventions. So I did, um, and I found this really small one. It's now known as the Manitoba Comic Con, but at the time, um, it's called, it was called something else. I think like it was the a Toy and Comic Expo? Yeah, that one? yeah. yeah something small, like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was very small, and I didn't know at the time, but it, to me, it was like the biggest thing, of course. And uh, yeah, so thankfully, my teacher was very kind enough to let me print. 
and like kind of get ready for the convention as so you I had some access to some materials through the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was huge. it was yeah, he awesome. was huge. Yeah, exactly. Like I made my notepads there. I made like a I don't know. I, I I was like so excited. So I made so many things, and I was like, I can't just do notepads. That's not the only thing I can do. I I gotta make prints or something else, right? So I did that. Then I found out people kind of do like buttons and stuff like that, some smaller stuff for for uh, like a smaller market for kids who only have a couple bucks. So I was like, yeah, let's do that as well. And just like invested some of my money, some some money at the time. And all I was doing at the time was uh, I was just working as a cashier at Extra Foods that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> they're called No Frills now, but yeah. <laughs> shout out to point. No Frills. Shout out to No Frills. <laughs> shout out to Extra Foods who uh, <laughs> turned into No Frills and I got some money from that, <laughs> which helped out with everything that is now for sure. But yeah, and then um, as I was telling off the podcast right before that, that first convention is the first time I ever met Justin and Greg. Were we and nice? Yeah, you <laughs> almost knocked over my display. Though. Oh really? <laughs> I remember. You, I remember Justin. you. I remember you joking about it, and then the day after, you accidentally did because you were right beside me, and I was. Was kinda... this at like the Viscount Gort? It was. Yes. Okay, yes. I remember. Yes. yes. So that was the very first time, and uh, I remember like flipping out. Like crazy because I, I never I didn't think that I would meet you guys you know like it was well, I thought you meant like flipping out like angry like you oh no no no, no 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 yeah I'm like, oh my god this guy <laughs> came on the show so big so much better than <laughs> no but I I was just kind of freaking out because I didn't expect to meet you guys you know like I met I just saw your work through Dan um and Justin's friend I mentioned earlier and uh yeah and I, I didn't think like. I did it first. I, I think I knew that you guys were from Winnipeg, but it was more like, whoa, this is like amazing stuff. I like I'm never not I'm never going to meet them right away. But my very first convention. Yeah. See, and now, you know, you've done a few years and, you know, I think in your heart that nobody is really a big deal. Right. I, I guess so. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> that we're all just making stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And showing yeah, up at shows and doing our doing best our to just do our thing. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, sure. for example, I I'm don't not know. Not freaking if, out right now either. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but in uh, Vancouver the other weekend, yes. the row behind you, about halfway down, there was a very tiny table. The guy had like four prints, and they were really, really nice prints. Um, he had this like half poster, like Nausicaa, that was like beautiful, oh, cool. and like three other things. Mm-hmm. He is like the lead um, animation director at a Disney TV show in Vancouver right Whoa. now. So like, you know, like. <laughs> Disney employee, yeah. but like at a, a convention, he looks like a small fry. Yeah. Oh my God. Just like, you know, it's, it's not his full-time thing. He was just there for fun, but it's just kind of funny. Like it was like a hidden, like you're a superstar. Yeah. Hidden gem. But you, yeah, you just, you know, just here, small setup. Just chilling out, just you know, chilling whatever. Just, just looking at Super the- awesome guy. It was great to talk to, but That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. Jeez. So what is your, okay. So yeah. since we're on this track, what yeah. has been now, you've been a few years at shows. Mm-hmm. Has that relationship with quote unquote fame actually changed, <laughs> right? Like, are you realize now that people got to haul their boxes in like everyone else? I guess so. To a certain degree, yeah, you kind of see like everyone is more or less the same, especially in the beginning. Everyone starts off with the same table, right? Either whether it's one or two, it, it starts off just as a blank canvas for you to kind of fill. And yeah, it's super interesting because like, like Justin was mentioning, there's like some people that just have a couple prints and they're super amazing prints. And I've been privileged enough to be beside some of those people or around those people and being able to talk to people which is one of my favorite if not favorite thing about conventions is just interacting with all the other creatives because I don't know about you guys probably you guys you guys do uh, interact a lot more with creatives since you guys have been in the field for a while that's my favorite part yeah yeah (laughs) but for me um most of my friends aren't you know they're they're all like very successful in their own regard I'm very proud of them but they're all you know like dentists and doctors and whatnot um and all of that stuff but i can't talk to them about the creative process or anything about it or even just like a business aspect which i also enjoy very much about this whole convention ordeal you know and yeah um, you have to wear a couple of hats you have to be an artist and a businessman and yeah logistics and, I, and all that yes so do you so feel much. like you found your people at the shows yeah to a certain degree definitely like uh, it does fill a void that was not filled before and it's it's a lot of fun because it's, it's just such a different dynamic. Like, I love my friends and everything, and they also fill a different void in a different creative aspect to certain degrees as well. But this is, like, another one that just doesn't get filled very often unless I go to all these conventions. And, like, to uh, 
it kind of sounds like I'm bragging. I'm about to say, but I'm not. But like, as I've gotten a little bit bigger, you know, I don't have as much time to interact with some of the like right. my neighbors and stuff, and that kind of sucks to be honest. Like, right. it's a little bittersweet, and I wish I did, and I, I still try to, of course. Which, but that's the reason why I do like smaller shows a lot of the times because you do get a talk. Because you're too busy, is basically. Yeah, saying, in yeah. a sense, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to apologize for an accomplishment. That's okay. But still, I, yeah. I feel like I don't know. It's just. Yeah, so I am. So you miss that aspect? To a certain degree. I mean, it's still there, and I still yeah. um, I still go out to get that every time as much as possible because I, I learn so much. I feel like I still learn, and I, I hope I do, from all every person from every regard, you know, like the ones that are starting off, in their, and they look at my table and like, oh, my God, you have so much. I didn't start this way, and no one does, you know? And I look at their stuff, I'm like, your stuff is great. Like, it really is. And this is, like, what, your first couple conventions? This is amazing. Like, keep it up. And I love I love that because it reminds me of where I was a few years ago. Attention, citizens. Every convention, I'm terrified. Every convention, I'm terrified <laughs> that I'm not going to make my money back, and I'm not going to make a profit, and that people are just not going to like my stuff, going to go like, ew, what's that? Uh, knock off Justin? Uh, no, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm so scared, and I never want to lose that feeling at the same time, just because that feeling makes me want to keep improving, and I really never want to lose that feeling. And, and that, that goes not just from the drawing aspect of creating, but also like you guys mentioned earlier the like how my table has grown i always i try to make it better every time at the at the very least or just try to figure out new ways that's why i'm always i'm always looking at all the other tables because even the small tables have like great ideas that some people just don't notice and just get overlooked but i feel like i'm yeah. talking a lot so i have a question for both <laughs> of you then right <laughs> this is you're gonna go you, justin can go in the wayback machine uh but is there a moment where you had an interaction where you felt like you learned, like is there a, a top moment where you had this interaction with someone beside you at a show early on that you said, whoa, now I know what to do. Now I know how it's going to work. Uh, in one aspect, definitely. I don't know if you want to go, Justin, I've been talking a lot. You want to go first? Go for it. You're our guest. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. yeah. I, I wanted to throw in there. <laughs> Yes. I still get scared at like the start of every convention that like this is it the bubbles <laughs> pop like nobody got nobody wants my work anymore yeah like I'm I'm not gonna sell a thing this is the end mm -hmm. and this usually lasts like a couple hours into like the Friday or Thursday and then I start making a couple of sales and I'm like no okay I'm okay I'm fine yeah but it's still yeah it's comforting to know that yeah. <laughs> so how do you face the that fear. fear okay we'll come back to that first question because you guys are chasing the fear here <laughs> how do you should we change your name to chasing fear right <laughs> yeah running from running yeah. toward but you're running toward it right I yeah I de yeah i definitely am right that's uh the definition of bravery right feeling go. fear but going forward anyway yeah, i guess so so i guess i'm brave huh that's yeah <laughs> but how do you do it like you're feeling that you're scared why um, do you go why do you put yourself through that because because that's where you grow the most. At least that's what I find, you know? Like, even now, uh, whether I show it or not, I'm a little nervous, for sure, just because there's some juggernauts, I feel, <laughs> around me. On, yes, no, <laughs> definitely. He's so, he's so intimidating. No, definitely. And Dan's just staring right at me. Oh, my God. You he know, runs his just, own convention. Yeah, he hasn't yeah. smiled at all yeah. yet. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> People can't see this, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, but it's... it's um, yeah, like... I, even now, I, I try to put myself more and more into situations where I feel uncomfortable to a certain degree. You know, I think everyone says they want to do that or try to do that. Um, but since I started doing conventions, I think that was the first leap into really doing it because um, to fit the stereotype as a kid, my parents were always like, yeah, you got to go into medicine. You got to be a doctor. Um, I'm Asian, by the way. So it does <laughs> like that's that stereotype and it holds true very much. And um, but I kind of just didn't want to or in or I didn't even realize that I wanted to go a different path to be honest until I was already there and since then I've kind of been chasing that fear I'm going to change my name to chasing fear now yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay so I happen to know that Justin faced some uh early roadblocks where people told him you know illustration is not a thing don't bother mm -hmm. and it sounds like you also had that I know I definitely had that growing up and it was yeah. from a place of love do you feel like our it parents was. Yeah. just didn't know better they didn't it's that's for sure because um at least for me i can speak on like an immigrant parent right they come from they like i'm filipino so they came from the philippines and all they really know is like the main jobs and the jobs that they feel or know are secure you know and that's just how it 
is and what they know and what they've grown to know. And to the, for the most part, it is very, very true, right? But the thing is, especially with this day and age, with like internet and everything, it just, it opens so many more doors. There's also a lot more competition, quote unquote competition, but it's also, there's so much space out there for everyone to live, you know, and it, be able to do their own thing. Like, I realized that more and more that there's a spot for everybody. The more I've done shows and the more I've seen other people's stuff, and the variety see, of stuff you see out there too it's, it's amazing yeah it's insane it's amazing and you can kind of see that some people stem from the same route um but it's still like they they're, they're trying to figure out where they're going and they do and then it's just like my early stuff for sure is like legit trying to just copy justin like <laughs> it was just like this is the way to do it this is and you know i'm gonna steal this little thing and that little thing and try to make it my own and it's i've kind of at least I hope I've gradually become separated myself from Justin to a certain degree. Um, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> well, I think we all but, yeah. do that, right? You know, like for sure. Um, uh, I had the very good fortune of spending a little bit of time in St. Petersburg, and I got to sit in the Hermitage and sit in the Matisse collection, and I sit there drawing all of these famous paintings. Wow! Right? And I'm <laughs> essentially doing the same I thing, trying to echo things that I admire in Rembrandt paintings and in all of these sculptures and in all of this stuff, and then trying to take that back, right? Mm -hmm. What I think we're in this wonderful age, though, where you can have that same experience with contemporaries, you know? Like, you can yeah, go to a show. Definitely. You can see someone be like, wow, I really like Justin's work. Then you can take it apart, figure out how it works. I like that you did that. <laughs> and then Try. realize that your own voice is going to speak louder mm -hmm. using those same materials. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I've found that like Justin was definitely a main influence early on. Um, but even stuff like yours, Greg, like I think your, your stuff is so dynamic and different that I follow a lot of different forms of art or different types of art just because I know I can take bits of it from each of them, mm -hmm. you know, um, even if it's just like how a single stroke is kind of done. That sounds very pretentious, but, uh, <laughs> no, but it's just, true though. But yeah. yeah, just any small bit that I can, I can kind of take and maybe just figure out what I like about something is kind of, I've kind of realized more and more that I've done the art stuff that throughout my entire life, I've kind of wanted to find out why I like something, whether it come, came to like movies or TV shows or, or games, or whatever, just kind of critiquing and breaking apart, even in my own regard and like debating and talking about it with friends, um, unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to debate and talk back or probably get annoyed <laughs> to a certain degree. But um, because of that, like I, I've kind of translated that into the art that I've done. And um, yeah, I try to now I try to follow and I, I used to kind of follow stuff like, oh, I like that because it looks cool. And I would just follow that. But now try to break it down. Break what it down. do I like about exactly. that? Yeah, yeah, that. And I also follow other people that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'm not it's not exactly my art style or anything I really want to go exactly that for but there I know there are things there that will inspire me to a certain degree somewhere or something that's what my Instagram was like first created was literally just art and now it's art and memes but you know that's, yeah that's <laughs> it's an evolution yeah um like I know starting out Scotty Young and Cheeks Galloway yes. used to like I tried to like yes. draw like those guys non-stop and before that it was Michael Turner um but yeah, same thing. Like I, I would try to emulate those guys and then it just got to a point where I think I kind of figured out what it was I liked about them. Um, and so I, like I moved on, I still love those, those guys style, but like I, you know, you move on to then the creature box guys for like a while. Yep. It's like, you know, try to be like the creature box guys. And then you just kind of, it's uh, that saying, you know, you are the sum of your 10 best friends or whatever. You yeah, know? The average, well, yeah, the way I think of it is you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. Right. So your art is like the average of the 100 artists you, you know, that, that you kind of thing. Yeah. Your, yeah. Right. Which is why I think it's really important. You know, like we keep adding to our, uh, our art book collection here. Mm -hmm. It's really important to, as you said, strive to add new things to the list. Right. Yeah, like yeah, new definitely. influences to the list. Stuff and that is very conventions, outside. like actually meeting yeah. these people, not just getting yeah. the art books, but like seeing the person behind it kind of. I think gives us almost like an unfair advantage too. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I remember the first time I met Justin, I, I was like this, I got to, I got to pick his brain. Like I got to ask him about everything and everything um, and figure out like, how does he do this and this and that, like these different techniques. Cause um, I also work in illustrator exclusively mm -hmm. for the, for the most part. And 
that's contradictory exclusively for the most part. <laughs> but yeah, so I asked him anything. And I remember even talking to Greg, just like, how do you do your stuff? And I remember you talking, it's like a mix of digital and traditional stuff and how you just, you kind of just go about whatever you feel and it's just back and forth. And I just, like all of that kind of just blew my mind. And I think whether I used it right away or not, I know that I have used it since then somewhere along the lines. And it's it's like it's such an like a important thing, something that I can't. It's just priceless that kind of information that you get from conventions. So people who are at conventions, they're only there to try to make money. I'm like, you're you're missing out on so much more, so much more that will help you eventually. Yeah. You know, be able to pay the bucks and pay the bills and all that stuff. Pay the bucks. That is making sense. But uh, pay the bills and all that good stuff. Um, and you like take up like take advantage of that opportunity as Justin was saying we're like kind it's kind of unfair that we we get to do this and just meet all these incredible yeah. people what well, i'm really appreciating about you is that you are seeing um a personal journey tied up in with your art and i you know Justin and i talk about this there's a lot of people who show up at shows just to cash in Oh yeah, yeah. And if we, you know, it's hard because, and then they get really angry if they're not doing well. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't show up with any other way to grow except mm -hmm. their wallet. And then if it happens to be a slower show, like the slow show has become the great community builders. We get oh, yeah, so definitely. many things figured out and, and meet so many people during, like, yeah, some, you know, some of my worst shows had the best results, if that makes sense. <clears throat> If we hadn't had that one slow show where we figured out the butterfly collector, there'd be no Minus Institute. Wow. Right? Like we had, where we just figured out, you and I were just jamming, like, let's figure out a way to do a quick story where you and I could each put in a day or two and finish. <laughs> right? And then we, ban we banded together, like, what that story could be. And then the, the seed of that peeled out into this whole other thing for me. So it's like you say, mm -hmm. if you look at it as, who's around me? Okay, well, if there's no one here, Right? Who's yeah. interested in this work? Who's around me? Who's interested in making work? Yeah, def oh yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. I remember you guys talking about, again, bringing it back to the first time I ever met you guys, how I was like, how did you guys even meet? You know, this is, Cassie and Tonk was your first book and everything. And you guys were just like, oh, I, I think I was talking to Greg and Greg was like, yeah, we just, you know, we met like conventions and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is where it is, you know? And that was the very first convention and it, it really, opened my eyes and it was just, it was like it was a really small convention that first convention was i don't know maybe it was like, the second floor of the viscount right when, yeah, 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 yeah one room sure, sure. for all yeah. the artists yeah. um i also met uh nico there yeah. for yeah. the first time yeah. so yeah i believe that was where show, nico yeah. decided he didn't want to do small shows anymore mm. that's right yeah remember that conversation yeah he drew a line in the sand <laughs> well and everyone has their different reason for being there right yeah definitely. so i think that that's an interesting and you know if we're gonna dear listeners just put a little caveat around this comic conventions as they are today are a new very interesting animal you know roll back even five years they were just tiny little shows inside of uh the basements of hotels and now they mm -hmm. routinely book out entire convention like the new york convention center the whole thing booked out 160,000 right? oh people God. it's tied it's neck and neck with san diego for biggest show now Jeez. it's yeah Super when I started doing conventions, I just started with the local one. And then I eventually decided Calgary's easy to get to, so I'm going to try the Calgary convention. And from there, I did well enough that I could like try a flight to Toronto. And I just, I slowly started sprawling out into like the 20 city tour that it now is. Um, for you, what was that like going from, like, when did you decide? local convention isn't enough, I'm going to start traveling because it seemed like you were suddenly everywhere. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I tried to be, at least. Um, the first year, I I was a student, and then I, be, I also got a graphic design job at the school, thankfully, which is really great. Um, so I had a little extra cash as well. And then at the same time, I was doing conventions, and I was also still had my my side real job as a cashier at Extra Foods, of course. No frills. No frills now, you know, <laughs> back in the day, guys. No, but um, um, I, 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 that first time, I remember asking Justin that time, I was like, when did you, I think the second show I ever talked to you at was Saskatoon that same year. Right. 
Um, I think that might have been Saskatoon's first year. And I, I asked Justin, I remember asking Justin, like, just not to put you on the spot, I was like, Justin, do you remember me? I'm like, hey, do you remember me? And like, sorry, man, I see so many people. Oh, oh no, did I do that? No, oh. no, no, no. no it feels just, so bad. No, no, it was fine. Because Are you I, getting I that yet? You. Have you Pardon? have you burnt out that part of your brain that recognizes people yet? Sometimes. Yeah, I feel real it bad. happens. Yeah, I feel real bad. But I'm just like, hey, <laughs> just keep coming back. I know your face. Um, I don't. If I don't remember your name, remember your name. Just let me know again. Faces <laughs> and stories. That's where I'm strong. Yes. But names. I'm terrible. So I'm like, someone will come up and they'll be talking to me, mm-hmm. and I'll say to them, "Oh, it's good to see you again. Oh, how's your mom doing? You know, how's mm-hmm. your kid? You know, are you still working on that thing?" They're like, "Oh, I can't believe you remember that. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. so great." And then someone else comes up, and I cannot introduce what? them because I remember everything but their name. Hey, this yeah. is. <laughs> I'm the worst. So. Uh, <laughs> no. No. Yeah. No. Definitely. I. I think like people who stand in my mind are like people I've had good conversations with in continuous conversations, but I still forget their names. So that's Mm -hmm. the thing. But yeah, as I was saying with uh, Justin, uh, I asked him about all the, just all the shows that he did and like how, where did he start? I was like, when did you start going to other shows? And you kind of gave me a little bit of a time frame as well. Like I said, listeners, you know, if you want to learn, just talk and ask questions to like everybody, anyone that you, even remotely admire to a certain degree or think you can learn anything from just ask questions and I was that student in in school that was terrified of talking at all you know just like (laughs) even raising my hand was the worst thing ever and um, I put myself out of that comfort zone because I really realized this is more or less something I think I want to do and just thinking that I wanted to do it was enough for me to be like hey maybe I should try and do it and see where it leads me Um, but as I was saying going getting back to Justin's question I yeah, I um, I I used the Winnipeg Comic Con C4 as an indicator whether or not I would start flying out to shows. That was my indicator because I was like, this is the biggest show that I am going to, and I did maybe like seven shows that first year. Very all relatively small shows. Maybe one day, a lot of them were like one day shows and stuff that were tiny within Winnipeg. Everything was within driving distance. The furthest I went was uh, Saskatoon, which was about seven or like nine hour drive. Um, but Winnipeg was the indicator and I was like, okay, if I make enough here to kind of at least if I, and then I calculated a flight to wherever Toronto or Calgary, whatever, um, and then the table cost and just, and if I broke even, I'm gonna consider that like good. I'm gonna gonna be okay with that. I have some money saved up. I was still graphic designing, although I quit that job. That's another story for another day. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that was that was kind of the indicator. So when C4 happened, that first my first C4, it, it went really well. And another defining moment was I'm not sure if you remember this, Justin. I keep going back to Justin. You're not that big of a deal, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I remember this is my third interaction with Justin, because, and it was a very defining moment for me because you came up to my table in during setup, um, and I guess you remember me from Saskatoon. And uh, you looked at myself and you're like, you've been doing a lot of work. And I was like, yeah, I'll try. Because every, that first year, and even now I still try to, every show I try to make a new print. At the very least, I still try to push out a couple, like I I was literally up last night till uh, three in the morning. Um, I just finished another print because I'm leaving for Calgary a little early tomorrow. Yeah, 1 a.m. I was working on stuff too, I bet. Yeah. Justin's shaking affirmative. We were all up. Yeah, awesome. And that's how you got to do it. You got to stay up and keep working at it. And um, But yeah, so I I keep pushing myself to that. But back to the story where, uh, yeah, Justin said that and I was like, I was like trying to play cool. Obviously, I was like, "Oh yeah, thanks." That was the the Pokemon Airbender, Firebender, Waterbender piece, right? That was yeah. one of my first. I remember prints that piece. Ever. Yeah. That was actually my well, yeah, one of my first. Print. That was at the very first show. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I I made a decent amount since then, since C4. So I was like in March till October, end of October, and um yeah, and then so Justin came by and I was like, oh my god, you know, he like <laughs> he like recognized me at the very least or like noticed ah, uh, and then um the show went came and went and it was great and he also and then what kind of even re re confirmed everything to a certain degree was uh justin brought drake over and drake uh, corkalicious another amazing artist that also does the convention scene and everything and he he told uh, drake came over and i was like i i recognize his stuff i've never met him or anything but i've seen him at the few cons that i've done at the time 
and he was like, oh, Justin told me to come over because he said you have some great stuff. And I was like, uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if, you know, yeah. I don't want to hold podcasts saying no, no. nice things about Justin, no, but no. I'm going to say some nice things about sure. Justin too. One thing that I always appreciated about him, when even when we didn't know him, he would be walking around the show, right? He'd take a break mm-hmm. from his table and he'd go walking around the show and take a look at everybody's work in earnest, like really look at it. And people who had been working hard, he'd say so. Mm-hmm. You know, like it doesn't, doesn't cost anything to be nice to people and to be encouraging but it's one thing i've always admired about him is his ability to look at someone who is you know doing their best Mm -hmm. yeah to see their best and to tell just on the lookout for competition (laughs) bring on to the podcast and crush eventually (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think that's something we we've talked about a lot is when we see the same people time after time again and their setup hasn't changed mm-hmm. they quickly fall off the radar yeah stagnation yes. yeah sure. you just keep moving. but people who every time we see are up to something have a bunch of new stuff like those are the people that tend to go places and and leave an impact and well and not only that you see you know like there are plenty of artists that you see around whether it be the internet or the galleries or the comic shows or you know inside new comic book day um where you can watch when they have plateaued. You can see the moment where they are no longer trying to innovate and they've just figured out their method and now they're just going to do that forever. Mm-hmm. And I quickly lose interest in those artists, uh, just as myself personally. The ones that really excite me are the ones where something new, oh, I've never seen anything like this. This mm-hmm. guy doesn't do this normally. This girl doesn't normally do this. There's, they're reaching. Yeah, for They're sure. reaching for something else. And that's when I get excited because it's like, you know, you started it with the right words. Outside of your comfort zone is where growth can happen. Yeah, right? definitely. Definitely. I, I personally like try to keep doing new stuff because I get bored uh, <laughs> of my own work sometimes just doing kind of the same thing. So um, from that alone, it's just me. Uh, I'm kind of tired of this style. So I'll do something completely different. I'll do uh, yeah, like some- I've noticed lately. I think when you started out, you were. I guess less now I've noticed uh like before it was it was mostly like one one two characters mm-hmm. and now you've kind of you've gotten to the style of the huge group shot right yeah, yeah. is is that like fairly new yeah, the, yeah 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 um the one character stuff was literally to be like I got to make a lot of stuff because yeah. people need to see a lot for them to be kind of interested you kind, I kind of figured that out throughout the cons is that you know you have to have work to show and even if it's not always your complete best i i there's that saying like um finish is better than perfect i think i heard this on the podcast yeah. actually yes. Well. Yes. Sambico. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Sambico. she's our yes. new spirit animal here but on yes, the podcast yeah. it's, it's so true you know and it's um <laughs> and so i just try to push out as much as possible at the time and then when i kind of gained enough stuff i i want to transition to more complicated stuff or just more going on and and i was also just kind of getting bored of just doing the one character stuff and mm-hmm. uh yeah another artist Kasich or chris i think he, chris yes yeah. um he's another big inspiration for those kind of pieces that i've been doing recently so um yeah it's it's kind of it's because i've kind of been uh, bored <laughs> <laughs> to a certain degree and so i'm trying to find new ways of doing different things so. staying interested in the work itself yeah yeah, yeah. definitely like have um, you had a chance to meet chris yet no 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 personally. he's good buddies we should, yeah. yeah well, he doesn't yeah. do I'd very many com- cool. uh, Canadian shows, though. Right. He's Next time he's right. in Canada, though, um, we'll sit him down. Yeah. Chris yeah. is another great example of kind of this whole thing. He he's fairly new to the scene. I want to say like two, three years, kind of thing. And he operates under what name, though? Kasich. Kishak. I think K E H A S U K. There you go. There you go. I believe. Um, he used to be. He started off doing kind of minion, uh, fan art kind of stuff. And started going to conventions and started meeting people and asking questions. And like he's he's very much like a analyze, write down, extrapolate, like figure out what works for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really impressive to see he scrapped all the minion stuff and completely switched gears. And within a year, he'd gone from, you know, this tiny one table. Uh, nobody really like we kept seeing this Chris guy, but wasn't really on anybody's radar. And then suddenly... Uh, you know, his, his work portfolio doubled, tripled, and he was doing shows every other weekend. And like, he's just, uh, he exploded. Like he just kind of, from my perspective, sort of went into hibernation, disappeared for a bit, Mm -hmm. made a whole bunch of new work and then came back on the scene with a whole new 
portfolio. Super yeah. impressive, and he's doing he's doing really well. He's yeah. Okay, so let me somebody ask to a look out for <laughs> science. <laughs> a lot of people who are listening to this podcast from feedback that I've been getting are people who are nervous of taking a step towards a more creative lifestyle. Here you had a job lined up. You're going to be a nurse, right? Yeah. You had the training. You oh, clearly have the work ethic. I was ethic, going to school. Right? You're going to school, but going. you've got the work ethic. That is clearly sure. not in uh, <laughs> debate. And yet, here you are. Mm-hmm. Make an art full time. I am somehow. <laughs> so what advice would you give to those people who are wondering? I Should they just go all in? No, it's hard to say that. It's <laughs> yeah. very hard to say that. Um like I mentioned earlier, I was working a graphic design job and I was also working as a cashier and I was doing the convention thing. Uh, not to brag, you know, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. but that's, I was doing all that stuff to kind of supplement that. Yeah. Um, and you, you kind of do have to take baby steps and just calculated risk to a certain degree to bring it back earlier. Uh, Justin asking how I kind of like where, when did I decide to expand even more and more? Um, like I, I like I mentioned earlier, I used one of the conventions as an indicator to kind of see if I could do it a little bit, like at least break even. And then if I had to work a side job on the side, then sure, why not? Because this is at least for now is what I want to do mm-hmm. um, or at least what I think I want to do. And it's the thing that's giving me the most joy. But it is it's why very didn't you do what your parents told you i have to ask this as a parent i have to ask why didn't why? you do what your parents suggested i was going to that's the thing um i i told i told my mom i remember telling my mom uh that <laughs> i was like mom i'm gonna initially i was gonna start a print shop is what it because the program i took was all, all about printing so i was like i'm gonna do a print shop um i wasn't thinking about conventions at all but i was like i don't think I want to do nursing anymore just I was only doing nursing because I didn't know what else I wanted to do and because um, I, I really needed to show at least for myself and to my mom I think it was more for myself to be honest but I wanted to show that I had a work ethic that could fulfill like my goals or whatever goals I wanted and um, I it just it was just more important Really, that's that's kind of the only thing, and I had to, but I had to prove that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was. Now, I were you trying to prove that to yourself or to your parents? Both. Yeah. To a lot, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. uh, it, it very. I probably started off a lot to with my parents, if anything, because it, it's harder for them to get on board than myself, probably. Right. But actually, no, that's not true. It was kind of hard for me to really realize if this was what I wanted or if I should be doing this. And my mentality was like, oh, you know, if I if it doesn't work out, then I will go back to nursing or something. And I think. Do it while you're young, as as young as you can. Because oh, it's too late for me. Then. Oh, definitely no, Greg. No, <laughs> you gotta go. It's all washed up. No. no, do it as early oh, as my possible. Back. <laughs> oh, my knees. <laughs> all I'm saying is, just do it as early as possible. Um, whenever you realize that that's what you want, and if you put the work ethic in, like things will follow. If you if you keep working, things will follow. Like the money. Money should not be the only goal. I know it's it's important to pay the bills and be able to live and and support your family and all that stuff. And it it really is. And it's and it's tough. Yeah, if he, yeah. <laughs> I but um, you know, like you you gotta like the money will follow as long as you put your work into it. And like I, you guys mentioned earlier on on other pod on the earlier podcasts, the first couple that you know you you people don't realize how much work we all put into our stuff like we just mentioned that we're all up till one two three in the morning (laughs) working on stuff and that's that's something we don't have to do there's no boss telling us to be like hey you got to finish this by this deadline some sometimes when you're doing client work and stuff of course but a lot of times like you guys creating your own books that's your own thing me or any of us creating prints for just for conventions that's our own thing and that's stuff that we put on ourselves just to better ourselves and to hopefully forward ourselves not just financially possibly but also creatively more importantly personally right. but yeah. yeah wow he just yeah. summed up the theme of my entire life right there <laughs> <laughs> i love it greg i've known you yeah, <laughs> yeah. we've known you yeah, you've been I've watching you. i've been I've watching, been watching. Uh, <laughs> okay so this is exciting actually for me to watch somebody or to see somebody so you're 25 i am yeah justin is 30 
one now. One now. Oh, man. Uh, I'm 40. I'll be 41 in like December. Let me just say that for sure. What's that? No, I would have never guessed you were 40. Oh, well, thank you for You're saying welcome. that. It's clean living. Plenty Justin, of Earl you Grey tea. about 35 yet. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but the reason I, I put our ages in, though, is because we're all at different stages in our lives yeah. decided, okay, I'm going to do this full time. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Right? And you were much younger. And yeah. I think that, now this is just me being an armchair psychologist now. <laughs> I think that the convention circuit, the convention scene, the internet, the video game world, um, the world of comics has become, you know, for better or worse, it's mainstream now. Oh yeah. But now sure. that it's out there, you can see it as a job mm-hmm. in a way Definitely. that in my generation, it was not a viable job. You couldn't see it. There was no one to look at and say, I want to do that. I want to go and meet that guy. I'm going to ask him or her what they do and how they do it. And here you now, I think our proof of a change, a little bit of a paradigm shift in the world of art as a career. Yeah, for sure. Right, um, and I'm, I, I love it. Yeah, I think to I like I personally know that if it wasn't for the internet and seeing all that, I would probably wouldn't have like the balls to take that leap really. Right. Um, and seeing and meeting people and then realizing more and more that at first it was it was kind of admiration looking at people's stuff. Um, artists that I admire, you know, just like, oh my God, I, I, cause there's two, I always say there's two ways to kind of go about looking at artists that you admire. There's either the, oh my God, it's so amazing. I could never be like that. Or the, oh my God, that's so amazing. How can I be like that? Yeah. Um, and I took it the other way and I hope everyone does. I really do because you can, you know, and it more and more, the more I've done conventions the more I've met amazing artists and other people, um, I realized more and more that just uh, it, everything has, I've not, I don't really have that incredible admiration as I did before, but it's more like, I can do that, you know, but in my own way, yeah. you know, and figuring out, and thankfully I've kind of, I feel like I've found more and more my voice, which has made things way easier than it used to be, <laughs> trying to make prints and just trying to figure things out, you know, earlier it was just like, oh God, how do I even... <laughs> Shotgun until stuff starts clicking. Yeah, just do everything. Yeah, Yeah, just do everything. And And submit often. Like people who are wanting to get into publishing. You know, we had someone, we just did a signing at Chapters, um, what, two days ago? How long? Yeah, behind closed doors. Behind closed doors, we did that. And uh, while we were setting up, a woman and her daughter came up to us and asked us, you know, my daughter is a writer and she wants to know how she can get her books published. And I turned to her real quickly and said, okay, tell me what your book is about in one sentence. And, you know, she figured out a way to answer it. And mm-hmm. then I said, and how, uh, how many rejections have you gotten for this manuscript? And she's like, oh, one or two. I was like, okay, so once you've had 100 <laughs> in the next 30 days, then you'll know how to sell your book. Yeah. You know, and they thought that that was hyperbole. Right. Right. And it's the same I see with, you know, for every print we see on the wall here, right, mm-hmm. that Justin or I have made, there's 10 or 20 that no one ever gets to see, right? The oh, yeah. wreckage of our failed attempts <laughs> along the way. Definitely. And I think that people get caught up in this notion that the finished work is where everyone started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they see much. the tip of the iceberg and don't realize right? yeah, sure. 85% happened. Yeah, but now because mm-hmm. of all these shows, we have the, the mechanics of how that stuff is made laid bare. The editors are there, the colors yeah. are theirs, the letters oh, yeah. are theirs, yeah. the line art guys are all yeah. there, everyone. And they're all swapping stories about how to do it faster, better, cheaper, more expensive. Everything's like, exposed, the mystery, yeah. the, the <laughs> fog is cleared, whereas before mm-hmm. it just seemed overwhelming. Yeah. And now you can kind of, okay, I, I get it now. I see the pipeline. Yeah, like, you know, 12-year-old me would look at a Brahm painting and just yeah. not understand <laughs> even where a person would start. Yeah. You know, and now I know you start with color theory. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's, not as, uh, it's not as esoteric as it once was. Um, but do you think that it means for us, gentlemen, that the magic will wear off? Um, yeah. Magic is just going to get it's crazier. Done. We're done, guys. We're done. It's <laughs> we should just stop now. We yeah. should just switch to only podcasts and we'll just talk about other things. <laughs> so, no. uh, Ooh, I like this. A podcast only existence. Yeah. Dan, are you in? One every day for the so. rest <laughs> of our lives? One every day. Super I think the evolution has sped up. You know, the evolution of, of artwork and, and style and, and what, 
what is selling and what is is mainstream it's all fast tracking and changing quicker now you know we can't all draw the marvel way you know it yeah there's yeah there's too many other cool things happening yeah and if you spend even a half hour on tumblr right yeah. uh clicking yeah. through comic art like it's it used to be that if you searched anything related to comic art you got the big two right mm -hmm. you got dc or marvel things. Oh, yeah. and now you get you know, I don't know how many, Image, I IW. saw some stat somewhere that every um, day, a hundred new web comics are uploaded. Oh my God. Right. Like, I mean, started, like, I don't mean like having around, yeah. have been, like that doesn't Established. count the thousands that are already right. out there yeah, right. uploading new pages every day. Like the, just the level of work and narrative out there. We're going to come out on top when we do that web comic. It's That's right. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <Web comic time. laughs> With it all comic planned time. out. <laughs> so what have you got in your future? We've been talking about your past. Tell yes. me what your, you seem like a man who plans. So tell me your long-term Oh, plan. I do not. Oh, uh, <laughs> I like, I like to a little mix of like planning and a little spontaneous stuff for, for the most part. But, um, right now it's, uh, original stuff, completely original and kind of leading into, more like apparel and stuff which is uh like i just released some shirt designs all original stuff and some other and like some hats and whatnot this last just in vancouver like so this last weekend that was or comic-con when it, c4 was the first time i dropped all that stuff and, and how'd that go for it uh it was pretty good to be honest like i i also stream uh on twitch every whenever i can mm -hmm. um and I've gained, I want to say like a following, but there's a, there's a few people who always come back, which is great. And they've, they're super excited about all that stuff. And some of them have pre-ordered the shirts and all that. So that's super great. And it's, there's something different about, you know, original stuff and that oh, yeah. old. And it's just like some other feeling completely. And, um, bringing it way back to earlier in the podcast, you're asking about one, if there's ever a person that I've met or something that really established something that I wanted to go for now. And there was one for sure. I, I was neighbor to this artist at um, Fan Expo Canada last year, not this September, but last September. And she had like a very humble setup and it was, but the, her work was amazing watercolor, phenomenal stuff. And I was just, I kept looking at it and people would walk by and they would literally be like, oh my God, it's you, blah, blah, blah to her. And I'm like, who is this girl? She seems so <laughs> like unassuming, you know? And she's, she's, great person i was just talking to her and i and then i saw her instagram following and she has like four hundred thousand people and growing and i was like oh my god you're rightfully just such a humble great person and she was so happy to just talk about her techniques and all that stuff and i was just like how do you what do you use blah 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 and all this stuff but all her stuff was original stuff and that was what stood out and she did really well that weekend and i was i was just like you know what like that there was a part of me that's always like I knew my path was, or the path I wanted to take was that eventually I would do original stuff. After seeing another example, you guys with Casting Tonk and all your other books as well, Greg, noticed like all the original stuff. I was like, man, I gotta work towards that. But I know that in a business aspect with a conventional life, you have to you have to have a couple fan art stuff if you're not already established or have a lot of prints, just to gain notice. Okay, and well let's let me that. ask you I a question so. then. I I agree with you personally. Okay. Um, although I. Good. I didn't always. Yeah. Right. Like I, I, think I, I, heard that I started yes. my sort of convention life dynamically opposed to the idea of fan art. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't, you know, I just didn't just a, have a sidebar here. My very first time I met Greg, he proceeded to buy my Optimus prime fan art and I tell did. me how great it was. It was mm -hmm. good. Yeah, it was good. And yeah, yeah, that, that was before <laughs> I was on your radar. But yeah. Yeah. Was, but see, here's yeah. the thing about that appreciating somebody's craft right which is what i appreciated about it and when i buy mm -hmm. other people's fan art i'm appreciating their craft what for i'm sure. hoping for is that the realization that you just had mm -hmm. right or just shared rather because it seems like you've had it for a while yeah that your own original voice is the voice that you should be sharing that's what i'm hoping for the means I, to yeah, an end sure. it's yeah. that it's a means to an end Definitely. and what i feel that is if you are wanting to do your own stuff and all you do is ape other people's styles when you do your own stuff, would you rather buy, like, let's say uh, you do, I'll just, you know, an artist I really like, Jay Lee, mm -hmm. his stuff is amazing. If you copy Jay Lee's style and you do a whole bunch of fan art, people will know that, you know, yeah. you really are just aping someone else's style. Right. And when you then try to transfer his style onto your idea, 
people will just see the original artist's work and an idea that maybe is good, but you're mm-hmm. just steal, you're like you're just borrowing these authorities without coming up with your own stuff. Whereas if you have an original style, the original way to compose your images, and your work stands out beyond the fan art, beyond yeah. the character, definitely you should leap make the leap and do your own work because the people are buying it because it's so different right they'll buy it no matter what the content is yeah for sure um yeah you kind of notice uh at least for me when you walk around artist alley and you do so many conventions um certain artists only stand out now at least for me and it's that's not a knock on anyone else that's just they're either still trying to find their voice or they are because because they're stemming from the same root as i mentioned before they're just looking they're copying or trying to emulate the same kind of artists and so they kind of all blend together so when I kind of found my own voice more and more I knew I had to find my own artistic voice before I could make that kind of step into the original creation direction first because like I said earlier it was literally me just trying to copy Justin uh, to a very strong (laughs) degree I was like oh I gotta you know he's doing something and it's real cool so I'm gonna do that too or try to and as I found more and more in my own voice, it's, it's kind of been that. Attention, citizens! Like, I noticed in New York, not exactly this year, but last year, New York is a juried artist alley. So somebody at New York is looking at all the artists applying and saying, like, I want these guys in. And from my perspective, walking through the artist alley, almost everybody came from a background, heavy DC and Marvel influence. Mm-hmm. And it was so boring for me because these guys were incredibly talented but nobody seemed to have a unique style they were all drawing the same way um no comic lovers would probably take I, issue yeah with this. but that's just me i like style like trumps uh i guess not dip skill. really right or like hmm? just innate skill i guess yeah well yeah skills you definitely I mean, mean skill but skilled, like yeah. if that's the thing they didn't have their own voices they They'd been trained to draw for this purpose and they didn't, they never had to find their own voice because this is the way you did it. So is that like a new thing? Kind of like 10 years ago, you needed to draw like that if you wanted to go anywhere. Now it's all about your own style and standing out. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, is there, you know, be interesting to get some, um, uh, graphic designers on here and talk about the difference between commercial art now versus five or six years ago. I'd like to see if that change is, is something that's happening. I guess that's it. They were, trained, they were being trained to draw commercially. Like you have to draw mm-hmm. like these other guys if you want to work for, with yeah. us, if you want to have a career. Yeah. You know, and, and traditionally there was a style guide. You'd be, pre- yeah. if you worked for Marvel and DC, you right. were presented with a style guide. You know, you have to draw Wolverine's head this way and you have to draw his claws this way. And uh, what's interesting about that is guys like McFarlane that didn't follow the guide are the ones that ended up being the superstars. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Right? They kind of defined what was to come, right? If anything, and oh, I was gonna make a point. Never mind, I kind of forgot. But <laughs> okay, well, on yeah. that forgotten point, we are going to end <laughs> off Good. super pulp science. Cool. Um, Edrin, it's been awesome having you on the podcast, sharing your Thank uh, you for having sharing me, your course. journey. Yeah, for sure. And um, I would like to encourage everybody to join the fight and make comics. <laughs>